0: We'll
1: Welcome to the Benzo Rehab Dungeon episode 54. It is the 20th of August 2021. I am joined as always by the uh affable gentleman uh Dink uh well danko souven from the Instagram handle at Dinkteloz I rehearsed this before even you <laughs> promised you would it get up. it right yeah I promised I would get it right <laughs> and I still fucked it up um sets the tone for the rest of this uh, this episode. I and and you know I, I will give everybody warning that I am uh completely sober today uh because yeah. I'm on call on for on
2: work. this our very special episode 45.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh also joined by uh John the producer from the Instagram handle at Discopathic which I believe is just a dead link now. Um yeah yeah might, it, it might as it, well it, be
2: uh <laughs> John, can you do uh, one thing which I think I think would be funny? Yeah, please. What, what would that be? Just delete the one image that you probably have on there because your BFB yeah. is always like on there, right? Uh, delete that and just put up an image of a four o four. Of what now? Of a four o four. Oh yeah,
3: actually I probably that yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I keep so I sending a... people to this this Instagram handle that uh, has nothing. <laughs> nothing for <laughs> do this vanity follow <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> that, 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 it, it would be hilarious just like 10 years from now it's just like generate this dead length that's just generating like so
1: much <laughs> fucking traffic yeah do you know how many followers you have on there uh i think no. he's gotten a couple of pity follows from Let's like see. uh yeah probably yeah like yeah old, be, be, old be, listeners. It's, it's,
2: yeah. It's all three of the people on the Patreon are following uh, John the Producer. I, I, don't, yeah, think, we're, uh, we're, I don't think we have facts. three people
1: on the Patreon anymore. Probably not.
2: Um, <laughs> just go yeah. Um,
1: Oh, yeah. Man, uh, 29
2: followers! That is true. Oh. Sure. Uh, and uh, 12 of them are mutual. So, like, half of the people are, yeah. are people that I know. Um, Which, honestly... Half the people, being no, yeah. people that I know, hey, um, the other half on a, are a probably podcast. people I know. Um, that's true. That's true. So between your friends and my friends, and John,
1: John has friends. Uh, I'm sure. I, 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 John's, I,
2: John's friends. John's friends.
1: but I, we I, I have
2: do not have friends.
3: Oh, okay, you do not thank
1: have you. friends. Okay, that's why you're um, on the pod, right? That that
2: is why I'm yeah. on the pod. I've actually lost friends recently, and I've just gained listener oh oh yeah because i i now now that i have a cool podcast right <laughs> and now that i like do internet panels and things sure, yeah. i've realized that i'm just better than everyone oh, and so okay. i don't talk to yeah. like friends anymore and yeah. when i do talk to them i'm like oh so i i see you checked out the last episode of the Benza rehab dungeon featuring uh, uh michael deeps dank Deleuze, and uh uh john the producer and uh, they're like, y- yes, Dorian, but I need to talk to you about your mother. He's dead. No,
1: that's a very serious conversation you should have with somebody. And it
2: happens not here over anymore. and over again. They're just, it's probably because I refuse to process what's occurred. But
1: yeah, well, yeah, so I'd yeah, just yeah, like no, you to know that no. the accident was not your fault.
2: Wake up, Dorian, <laughs> wake up, wake up. <laughs>
1: Uh, so yeah, so I got my be, name uh, wrong. Yeah. We're gonna be talking today about the uh, the nomadology, uh, the, the war machine, um, which is an essay from uh, a thousand plateaus written by uh, who is it? Uh, Gilles Deleuze. Gilles Deleuze.
2: And uh, Felix Guattari, Guattari, yes, um, yeah,
1: obviously the D and boys, the, uh,
2: the Dolce and Gabbana <laughs> philosophy. <laughs> uh,
1: but before we get into that, I, I figured we would uh, take a look at um, uh, one of the more prominent philosophers of our time, oh. uh, Jordan B. Is it Peterson. Who we think?
4: Oh yes, I missed him.
1: He's uh his uh, his podcast has been interesting to see snippets of and i may put myself through the trauma of actually listening to a full episode at some point i think i think it might be paywall though i don't know i haven't looked too far oh. into yeah, what, is, it. what is it called uh i don't know man um well we'll see we we can uh we can play this clip um well yeah, let's play let's play this clip and then we'll we'll go into the incel stuff that he's been uh, uh, <laughs> pushing.
2: Oh, oh hold on. It has it has a fucking wild name. I just found it. Oh. And there's a reason you didn't remember it because it is very hard to remember given the context. It is the Jordan B. Peterson podcast.
1: Oh, well, <laughs> who could have guessed? Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't call it something like, I don't know, the the benzodiazepan uh rehabilitation center or something
2: yeah i mean all of the good <laughs> versions of that were taken
1: yeah, so <laughs> true. some asshole already jumped on that i guess all right go ahead we really
2: need someone to like work on seo for us so that when people search for jordan Peterson, we actually come up
1: uh, yeah well we gotta okay. we gotta do enough enough associative kind of episodes i think you just gotta do enough hashtag yeah enough hashtags and, and whatnot
2: all right sorry sorry i know we keep on trying to play this
4: technical problem with being selfish. Let's say you're only acting in accordance with what's good for you. Which you do you mean exactly? Do you mean you in the next five minutes, or the next 10 minutes, or the next day, or the next week, or month, or year, or five years? I mean, you're an old person. Not yet, but you will be. And so if you take yourself seriously as an entity that exists collectively across time, then you're faced with the problem of the collective instantly, even if you're highly selfish. So I don't think that there is a selfishness that's logically juxtaposed against the interest of the collective. There's a technical...
1: What the... Now, I'm not going to ask anybody to try (laughs) to tell me what Jordan Peterson is saying there, because I don't think it can be... I don't think it can be rationalized right he's he's <laughs> just he's
2: just discovered and is puzzled by the fact that there are large and small infinities right sure yeah L- literally what's happening here is is he is someone who took too much acid or enough
1: well, well he was geez, in a he was um, in a benzo coma for, right? <laughs> for almost and, a year
2: <laughs> and <laughs> he's he's staring out. at his hands and he's thinking like Whoa, actually, between numbers, there are infinite numbers. And so the space between one and two is like a collective. Like one is a collective, man. And so that means that, like, I don't have to care about the collective around me, <laughs> right? Because I'm, I am a collective. I am a multiplicity. Yeah. I, I matter enough. Which is it's so yeah I mean he's literally and, and like this is a math of this problem.
1: Podcast uh, we discovered that uh, the, the one of us was actually multiple and we had quite a
4: crowd. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Yeah. There you go.
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, which is. I think literally and and like generously what he's saying, right? He's very, he's very he's, what he's saying, like yes. <laughs> literally that's what he's saying is that everyone is multiple chronologically, or uh, and and so and so that is in innately collective. But wow, what a
1: what a fucking crazy stretch! Yeah, to go well <laughs> if you think about it, really, I'm multiple because. You know, in the second that we've been talking about this, I've already uh-huh. existed multiple times. Therefore, if I'm selfish, I'm actually helping more than one person.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I rob I rob that liquor store to yeah. spend all the money on meth because I am a populist. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> woo! That's that rules.
3: So that's, that's a very good guy. start. Um,
1: go ahead and close <laughs> out this video. Uh, Yeah, you should just be able to click off. Um, Let's go to uh, uh, what is the core of rejection? Top right there.
2: Oh, yes. You're perfectly
4: suitable as a companion, but in no way should your genetic material be allowed to propagate itself into the next generation. That's the core of rejection, and it cuts to the bone. Wow. It isn't obvious that that's sufficiently understood how terrified men are of female rejection. That's part of the turning to pornography, I would say. And the advantage of dating sites like TIT.
3: Wait. Wait, mm-hmm. so because men <laughs> men can't express their, like, psychotic urge to... <laughs> To try to exist beyond themselves through their like.
1: Their offspring.
2: Their offspring. I mean, yeah, he's really saying and like making his point well, I mean, like, say that. Like, that's also that kind of like, duh. Like, not fucking me is genocide.
1: That's that's actually exactly what <laughs> literally what he's saying.
2: that's so which, good.
3: dude. Which
1: uh, doesn't bring at all like a incel propaganda to me. Yeah. <laughs> not, <laughs> no, not at
3: all. No. Like a nineteen-year-old who wants to fucking shoot yeah. up his community college.
1: I I consider. Jordan Peterson to be quite the gentleman. In fact, I would say he's a, no, uh, he's supreme, a supreme gentleman. gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, let's play some more of this. Gross. Because
4: Gross. The rejection is taken out of the game, essentially, or it's hidden masks. Tinder is a revolutionary technology because it alters the reward and punishment structure of dating. It's incendiary and named properly.
0: Pornography is basically access to a variety of attractive limits without fear of rejection at a price you can afford. Right.
3: Wait, is this guy a plant? <laughs>
0: uh, <Is> this, <laughs> does this guy just
1: have a script?
3: <laughs>
0: i don't i don't know
1: because that 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 is a very weird transition i mean this is this is kind of like a, a cut up of uh the conversation i believe um that, that that gets put on here uh but yeah that is a jarring like departure from what they were talking about and also the the gentleman's demeanor is just alarming and like threatening (laughs) 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 he's just got this like look in his eyes like oh yes if you think about it access to pornography is kind of like just having a woman that you can you can fuck and she can't say no
3: (laughs) (laughs) see or or, i don't know or maybe maybe jordan peterson is holding this old man Against his will. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> maybe this guy is reading cue cards. He's trying. Like, maybe we should count how many times well, he if blinked. Look at,
1: if you look in the background of of the other guy, uh, he's he's got fucking uh, Beyond Order. So it's he's got a co- copy of his book, which is like the Boy Crisis <laughs> or something like that. Uh, and then and then he also has uh, Jordan Peterson's book in his background. It's like, dude, you realize that you don't have to like, um, you just. Did somebody just join. Yeah, it was me. Oh, <laughs> Jesus! Man. I hope you would not notice that. There's a <laughs> I was
2: like, "Oh fuck!" There's I like haven't joined the three the thing I'm sim- supposed to be three watching. Three
1: simple things you gotta do to, <laughs> to be on this podcast. Yeah, but All I show up. <laughs> I, I
2: have, I have did that.
1: Look, yeah, I'm t- in the hospital right now, man. I like,
2: I gotta, you know, yeah. Like this is hard
1: um shit <laughs> I, lost what? Train of <laughs> I, I mean when he's, when he's got Jordan Peterson's <laughs> book in the background as well and it's like dude you realize you don't like it would be like if I don't know I was interviewing Noam Chomsky and I just had like in the display in the background like Noam Chomsky's book like prominent because it's not in like a location where a book would just be it's literally framed to the camera so if we want to just like jump back into the video and pause when it when it shows him again
4: and with the commensurate responsibility, None, except to yourself, but
1: that's easily foregone in the moment. Well, so, so he's got Jordan Peterson's book in front of his own book in the background. There, you can uh, full screen oh, yeah. this probably.
3: Let's see if that works. Can you guys? Uh, still see it?
1: Not, not great. Not great. <laughs> not go back Jordan, to the yeah. <laughs> Watching a mobile app on a on a desktop.
3: Um, oh, good. Oh, hands. yeah, enhance.
1: zoom in, enhance, enhance, there you go. enhance. So, see, there. you can you can see Jordan Peterson's book in front of his own book, and he's got like two copies of his book there, his own book there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, all the more reason that i think that this guy is uh yeah he's uh, he's actually just in
1: jordan peterson's office on the other side like chained
3: yeah Yeah, like like held at gunpoint by uh i guess ivy league uh, incels or something like that 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 explains the cruelty
1: that you can see in his eyes
3: <laughs> all, all, all humanity has been beaten and starved from this old
1: he's he's just been reduced to a to a like feelingless animal that's just reading out the cue cards and <laughs> and, and if you ever let him free of his chains he would stab somebody to death cuz he's lost all of his humanity
2: over a sandwich oh. also I, I i have to bring it up cuz it's it's sitting so prominently on the screen and the the listener can't can't listen to it uh, but it's there's a comment on there uh, by this guy and he says quote where she can do is say no unquote meanwhile uh, yeah. her quote your genetic material should not be allowed to propagate itself into the next generation unquote which is creepy in so many ways but also just fuck someone else yeah yeah well like it's... the singular focus of these fucking weirdos It I, it, it it shows me That so much of this, and it's obvious from the start, but so many of these people just got like rejected freshman year of high school, and they've just held it with them this whole time where they're like, you know why I reacted so poorly to that woman saying she doesn't like me, Uh, girl saying she doesn't (laughs) like me. It's because she literally tried to kill me and my grandchildren, and they just hold on to it all their lives, And which is one of the reasons they're like this. It's because it's women's fault, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um yeah, looking through all the comments. <laughs>
1: <laughs> your 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 uh baddie baddie tor 34 says your genetic material should not be able to propagate itself until the next generation. Wow, so eloquent and devastating.
2: <laughs> and then there's a guy above him saying, Let's not fail to launch men. Is yeah. that a
1: boner thing?
2: Uh no, is that a is one, that a thing? One of, the, one, thing? of
1: uh, one of their other little conversation clips talks about oh. failure to launch. Um, um so actually let's like, uh, let's, like go ahead and, let's go ahead and click off of this <laughs> one uh because that I mean that conversation's disgusting but I think we got all we needed to out of that particular clip. Um, Jordan
2: Peterson is following 69 people by the way. Nice. <laughs> That's on purpose.
1: Oh yeah. Um go ahead and click on the uh the top left one why women prefer superman over Clark Kent um <laughs> I will remind. Well, of every- course,
4: they within <laughs> marriage, What, did- <laughs> what I- is happening?
1: <laughs> I will, I will, uh, I will mention that uh, neither of these uh, characters are real. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so we've we've already arrived at our first problem, which is. Uh- oh, and, and there- well,
3: and, and e- e- even if you're talking about the fictional universe, it's it's. <laughs> Superman was written and designed by a man who wrote the female characters that are infatuated with Superman.
1: Right. No, you don't get it, John. Also First off, death of the yeah. author means that uh, all their, all their intentions oh. are gone.
2: a <laughs> <laughs> very good point. We got to bring in some Bart. But so so also here's here's a fun fact. And I may be confusing it with Spider-Man, but if you know that I'm confusing it either way, you're a fucking nerd, they
1: both and I don't want to talk blue, to you. So who cares?
2: They're both red and blue, and both of them are not liked by anyone that's cool and dope like me. Yeah. Um, I kind of like Spider-Man. Up. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but isn't there an episode, episode, comic, issue, whatever the fuck, uh, super when thing. <laughs> super, Superman, you know, isn't there a super thing? where Superman has a child with a woman or like has sex with her and it gives her cancer.
1: I don't know. Or mm, Uh, I think
2: you, aren't you talking about fucking Mr. That might be Spider-Man. Oh, Dr. Man. Well, yeah, I know that happens too. Um, I just figure that any superhero gives women cancer by sleeping with them. Uh, I don't know. Just something about this whole thing. You're sounding a lot like a
1: very resentful Clark Kent right now.
2: I am. I am. Yeah. You know you know why women like Superman <laughs> yeah. more than Clark Kent? It's because they want to get ripped in half.
1: <laughs> Superman <laughs> they want to die. Superman when he's acting yeah. like Clark Kent has to like be super like responsible. <laughs> yeah, like, well, oh, you only like <laughs> Superman because of his huge muscles and super strength and oh yeah, yeah, he's do... faster than a that... boy whatever. that's cool. <laughs> that's a
2: complicated fun thing, right? Because because after a while him shitting on superman could also it will, like you said there is also like him complimenting superman yeah and so there's this weird looping that goes on and on and i could see clark kent eventually having a weird fetish where he's like call me superman when you sleep with me which is actually just him <laughs> well, feeling seen well, but also having a fantasy you know the problem
1: is that that clark Kent is an incel can't ask yeah he can't ask somebody to call yeah. him superman because he never fucks only superman fucks yeah.
2: <laughs> right what if superman
1: asked people to call him clark kent that would be weird it's like a it was, I, no I it's like he...
2: call him call me a a, a trash pig <laughs> <laughs> uh, slapping and call me a journalist
1: kent and like lipstick on his chest
2: <laughs> <laughs> i'm a dirty journal. a dirty journo <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who regurgitated I, state propaganda? Who did? <laughs> I defend with your War. <laughs> ah. Fuck, we're never gonna get to the <laughs> actual point of this episode. <laughs> um, uh, so hell yeah! yeah uh, continue to play this because we only got one second oh. into
3: it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Ugh, fucking muppet face. This is just like the um, Stephen Molyneux episode, yeah. stopping every like second and a half. Yeah. Okay.
4: <laughs> uh, the male takes a status hit. He also takes a attractiveness hit, and it's a severe hit. I've seen this many, many times, and no one will ever talk about it.
3: He, wait, you've seen men literally become uglier, like a projection? Well, like he's observed it? No. Like, I think really, what he's like, saying is so real. No thank you. I already <laughs> have a drink, and then like a man like <laughs>
2: aged ten years. I mean, if if like someone, male or female, like if someone like watches you get owned, like in a hilarious way, like and or like you trip over a banana peel and then like shit yourself, like the the person that you may have had a chance with previously is not probably not going to give you a chance after that unless they like people who slip on banana peels and shit themselves yeah, which th- are think, out there I, I have th- met them I think them. it
1: matter well I mean at Thankfully. that point it's like a matter of like what, uh, what kind <laughs> of connection and like um, commitment you already have that's, yeah, that's but like not these people have any like, kind of connection
2: or commitment to well, yeah. the women we're talking if, if, about here, the right? the only this way is...
1: that this person knows you is, oh, you're the slip-on-banana-pill-shit-your-pants guy, yeah. and of course, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <Well>, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Maybe, maybe wait until after you've cleaned yourself to introduce yourself. I don't know, that might be... But, a, right. right. And, I, then, I, and then when you introduce I, I was... yourself, you could be like, oh, I was having a bad night. That doesn't normally happen.
2: After a while, though, I guess you can only like go up. Like Kristen, <laughs> Weston, Chandler, like the whole son you thing. Like, I think they eventually got like a real girlfriend.
1: right? <laughs> I mean, this uh, this this conversation <laughs> is literally how can I find a boyfriend-free girl? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I would love to see Jordan Peterson try to treat uh, treat quick so bad. Oh, uh,
1: that'd be so incredible. Uh, go go on, play, play
0: some more <laughs> <laughs> But it's definitely the case. Here's the best way to understand that, Bridge. A man takes a status hit. He starts losing respect for himself. His wife starts losing a little bit of respect for him, wondering whether or not that this is going to result in a job down the line, or whether some promise or belief that he has is going to manifest. Yeah, if
3: she's... Wait. When did we transition to some other thing?
1: It was like, a kind of we're, a weird we're,
3: transition. We we're, 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 were talking about a man being rejected by a woman, right? Oh, so well, man this is, is a rejected. little
1: bit different. This is uh, this is when a man, like maybe I don't know, gets fired from a job or. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I,
3: I I thought I thought that uh, I thought that that uh, that uh, he was talking about. No, they're uh, they're
1: covering uh, multiple incel topics.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, they're covering they, they, wife bad and women bad yes yeah <laughs> it,
1: Yeah. we're on wife bad now women bad was the oh, first okay. one wife bad is this one
3: I, i'm not drunk right like they're 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 cute no, it was weird
1: <laughs> yeah no they're it is weird yeah. in a choppy conversation
2: yeah okay cool okay also uh, i thought i was like hallucinating or something. no no it was really jerky and i think it has been edited in like kind of a- He's yeah, together in a weird
1: way his editor oh. is needs to like be, it's probably Michaela and that's why she needs to be fired because mm. she sucks at everything. No,
2: what's the name of the demon and her boyfriend? Mm.
1: It's, and uh, Alexa, it's, boyfriend?
2: it's Igor. I Igor. Yeah. Oh, God. God. Oh, it's, hmm. Chef's kiss. Igor the Russian
1: That's a porn name. <laughs> that's gotta be a porn name.
2: <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, can, continue. <laughs> oh, my God. This
0: Sunday. Is you really remember? the man she thought he was? He feels that less respect. and a woman, it's almost impossible for a woman to love a man she doesn't respect. So I maybe, think it's, now the opposite is true, too, but maybe the grounds for respect differ. The, the grounds for respect differ. Yeah. And also, there's more flexibility with a man on the respect issue. There may not be more flexibility in terms of first pulling Pause oh, on the issue. Woman.
2: I mean... The only reason that it would probably be the case is that 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 like um uh, uh, that men don't need to respect the women that they quote unquote love is because these men don't respect women to begin with. Right. What? So like no respect loss. It's just like you're my mommy slash daughter slash, Ugh. you know, whatever. You know this is all psychoanalytically true. No, like
1: and, and Jordan Peterson <laughs> does have a weird relationship with his daughter.
2: Yes. Yeah taking her to steak dinners every night well
1: there's that and then like reposting pictures of her in bikinis to like oh yeah the red bikini right yeah to like show off how healthy she is she is
2: she's looking healthy
1: yeah whatever that's a
2: quote from him that's a quote from him
1: okay yeah that yeah i think that's exactly oh. what, he, what he reposted was like she's looking healthy or something like that it honestly was i mean... i know i know you're just like shit posting but like Almost exactly what he yeah, said. No, I I think that's yeah, yeah.
2: She's looking uh submissive and readable. Um it feels weird saying that about uh Wait, what's up with these women? searches? Yeah.
1: Jordan Peterson major to get laid. <laughs> what? That major to get laid.
3: Oh my god, is Jordan Peterson teaching people how to get laid?
1: I
2: don't know. I mean, I guess that's like the the ultimate intention of this, right? Yeah. It's it's how to, like, become a middle manager at, like, a restaurant chain and how to, like, find a woman who will put up with you.
1: Yeah, I don't remember where uh, the thing you, was. It was, like, a Twitter. within marriage is 50. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's not theme. there's you want a to be surprised at by. the end where they talk about uh, Superman and Clark Kent that I'd like to get to if we could uh, Fuck yeah. play this oh, okay. out.
3: Everybody
4: shut the okay. fuck up. A male takes a status hit. He also takes a attractiveness hit. And no, it's no, just a severe from hit. The I've seen this many, many times.
1: What? I don't know. It sounds like we're starting from click, the beginning. Click, click forward. Yeah, you're a. the will never talk about it, but it's definitely
0: the case. This, and therefore, they oftentimes brag or boast or overstate their potential in order to be able to make themselves attractive. We see this in so many levels, on the lowest lane level. Low challenging. If the woman begins to lose respect, she begins to lose love. And men sense this, and therefore, they oftentimes brag or boast or overstate their potential in order to be able to make themselves attractive. We see this in so many levels. On the the lowest lane level. Lois Lane had no interest in Clark Kent, but she fell in love with Superman. Once she fell in love with Superman, she wanted Superman to be able to cry and express emotions, but the man who did uh, cry and express emotions and feelings and sensitive Clark Kent, she has zero interest in. Women are oftentimes saying I'm opposed to war, but she's much more likely to fall in love with the officer and a gentleman than she is the private and the pacifist.
2: <laughs> that rules.
0: Isn't <laughs> that <not> great?
1: <laughs> When when I think um. about, like, how I want to model, like, my relationships mm-hmm. with other people, the first thing I do is I, I, I go to the comic book store. Yeah. I find the coolest-looking Superman. Uh, I think that's DC Comics. Uh, I find the coolest-looking Superman DC Comics <laughs> comic book that I can find, and I go... Mm let me get all my relationship advice from these two characters, which are fictional, probably written by, uh, I don't know, some dork who cares enough to write a Superman, uh, story. Um, let, let me, let me base my entire relationship, uh, like frame of mind and, uh, perspective off of, um, uh, two reporters that don't exist and one superhero that doesn't exist. And they're, uh, their their love triangle which uh can't possibly exist because one of these people is, is yeah. the same person
2: <laughs> i mean the the way i model it is i always just ask which one of us is thanos and yeah. which one is lobo <laughs> well uh, i prefer to be lobo
1: oh you're a you lobo know? guy
2: personally i'm a lobo guy but i'm also attracted to lobo oh. so if they're a thanos you know not really my thing either and you know the whole utilitarians and stuff yeah i don't know so i like (laughs) a a two lobo kind of thing you know like (laughs) man hunting one another for space you know what i'm saying yeah in boca al lobo lobo in the mouth of the lobo
1: yeah that's uh that's where you put it (laughs) on um yep. <laughs> so our, our topic for uh tonight uh the the official I topic mean. is not uh jordan peterson and um maybe click on one of those posts i forget what this dude's name is um i think that's clark kent is that clark kent <laughs> <laughs> the reason women don't like me oh hmm. um Hell yeah! Yeah, Doctor Warren, something I think I don't know. He he wrote the Boy Crisis. Don't read it.
3: Oh, <laughs> um,
2: such a horrifying! Oh, that's what you're talking about. You, you, you know this?
3: <laughs> yeah, if you look at yeah, one it's... of these
1: posts, it uh, should have his name in there.
3: Uh, yeah, Doctor, what's his face? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, You already just...
1: logged out. Nah, don't don't worry about it. Uh,
3: we'll... I didn't log out. I just changed Windows.
1: Oh, well, son of a gun!
2: It's um, my fucking Warren Farrell.
1: Warren Farrell. All right.
2: Oh, yeah. There we go. Uh,
1: Don't read his book and uh, don't listen to him talk. There you go. Yeah. That's my recommendation.
2: Right. I worked at a hardware store for a while, and I'm pretty sure that's the book that people brought up to me all the time. It was really weird. Yeah. Because they, um, I worked in the paint department, and I think that has something to do with it because like teachers are always buying paint, and there will always be like, there's a weird, creepy subsection of male teachers that would come in, buy stuff for their students for some project and then would ramble at me about how boys aren't allowed to be boys anymore in like schools and stuff. Uh, I'm sure they were all from weird like charters or something. Uh, and, And what that actually means is that they punish boys that like can't sit still in their seat or whatever the fuck. And they call that being a boy because a boy should just be a monkey. Right. Yeah. Sure. And so they would go off on this whole thing where it's like, boys aren't allowed to be boys. And also, everyone is a girl now and it's destroying And you should really read this book. And so there's a certain weird subsection of people um, that takes this book very seriously. And they're like inside of uh, some of our like teaching institutions, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. That's great. I mean, maybe lo- so, at least locally. It probably like four people that were friends, maybe. I don't know. So maybe, uh, what was his name? Farrell
3: warren, warren Ferrell. Warren, Farrell, Farrell. Farrell. Yeah. yeah so uh so maybe uh maybe he's resentful that he cannot move his mouth and operate his tongue and voice box and move any other part of his body uh at all at the same time like maybe like a, like a you know a, a uh a teacher like beat that ability out of him because he was <laughs> well, just I mean, too rampant
1: we already yes. hypothesized that he's chained uh chained up in jordan peterson's <laughs> office so
3: yeah but I, I think i think this is an evolving theater theory as so though we get more information about him
1: <laughs> yeah so, maybe um, it's both so let's go ahead and transition there's no neat way to transition here but uh transition <laughs> to our, to our, our main subject of the night which is uh nominology and the war machine um door door if you want to go ahead and uh, kick this off um uh, with some kind of introductory sort of thing
2: oh lord an introductory sort of thing okay i guess the the primary and the thing that we'll kind of come back to over and over again uh in keeping the whole afghan war uh in, in mind as if anyone can forget about that right now um is that People generally think of the war machine and the state apparatus as being inextricable from one another, Uh where uh, I'm not going to give any money to this government uh, because the government uses it on bombs. And it's like, I mean, yeah, all that stuff's true, but the war machine is itself something that is uh, not, not entirely independent, but certainly not chained up by the state apparatus. And that the state apparatus only ever really tries to maintain some semblance of control over the war machine
1: it it mostly Um, tries to direct it right
2: direct it right and then and then attempts to maintain it but then you have certain circumstances where you have something like capital and something like war which military industrial complex is just the term that we have to bring up right Mm -hmm. um where where you have this combination of, of of industry and and war, or just capital and war, it doesn't have to be industry as we've discovered. Sometimes it's just fancy uh, numbers in a computer somewhere. Uh, <laughs> usually is now, I guess. It's that and oil, all right. Uh, but the the combination of these two these these two factors, God, I'm uh, there's so much terminology that I have to kind of um, uh, touch on with this, but um rewind so in the first book from capitalism and schizophrenia um so anti-edipus uh, this this uh this essay itself is from the book that follows but they're all they're very bleedy into one another uh they they really end up uh, as in deleuze and guattari really put together their uh their kind of instruction manual for understanding the way the capital works and one of the defining characteristics of capital is that, and we brought this up in some of the deep dive episodes, but that it has a tendency to deterritorialize things. And that's why we like money to some degree, right? We like yeah. money because of the fact that it melts one quantity down or one qualitative <laughs> thing into a quantitative thing so we can then re territorialize it into another qualitative thing. So, like, I can take a horse and instead of trying to trade it for, you know, do you want books? No, you don't want books. You want grain? I don't have grain. Instead, everything gets melted down and deterritorialized into numbers, into yep. capital. Right. But capital has a, a weird tendency to do this through all things, qualitative or otherwise. And because everything can become commodified, and everything can be brought into a market whether or not it should. Yeah, and just to, and to so, interject, real yeah, please. Quick,
1: you know, when when you talk about like how money deterritorializes things, um, you know, a, a term that I think a lot of people will be familiar with is like liquidation, right? If you liquidize your yeah. assets, yeah. you're turning it into money. Um and then, you know, when you talk about how like not necessarily uh like physical objects are always money. It's it's things like going to a psychiatrist and having you know a talk with a psychiatrist for yep. an hour is also turned into uh money at that point um for exchange yeah I mean, what the fuck is a
2: megachurch doing like right. they're, yeah they're, exactly There, are they're all these really weird uh <laughs> things that are generated by by market capital um where things that should otherwise just be human interactions become again, deterritorialized and turned into exchange. Yep. Um, so yeah, liquidation is a great uh, great way to kind of um, envision a lot of it. And then, yeah, what you were saying with the therapist, that's extremely important too. Um, but so all so so capital has a tendency to deterritorialize everything, be it be it literal objects which become exchangeable or abstractions, culture, uh, tradition. Anything like that becomes part of this goop. And so that's something that we have to keep in mind when we're thinking about something like the military-industrial complex, right? Because the weird thing about the war machine um, is that, or war in general, is that war moves a lot like what we talked about in our episode about accelerationism, Mm -hmm. right? Where conflict has a tendency to bounce around and move geographically and ripple, right? And so when you're dealing with something like armed conflict or, uh, or economic war, like sanctions, anything like that, yep. all, all, all of these things are constantly moving and fluctuating and are essentially impossible to control once they begin moving, right? Um, the entire purpose of something like war and the reason it has to be so strictly regimented is that it itself can't be right it itself has tendrils and moves independently of everything that you want from it it's chaos and you have to try to put reins on it and so you see the like micro politics like individual soldiers and the way that they have to be trained and then you see the like slightly larger unit size politics going all the way up into this attempt where the government tries. To apply like politics and governmental rules over it, but n- even with all of these like stratum and new territories that are produced to try to maintain and manage war, war is still able to move through time and space and deterritorialize things and melt everything down um, as if as if we had no control of it because we really yeah. don't. And our attempt to control it just becomes this weird toxicity for cap or for for. for um, for politics as well. But so because capital and the war machine function so similarly and act so similarly and are so infectious and liquidating, I mean, you can liquidate a person in two different ways, right? Depending on if they're in a spreadsheet or like in, a, in uh, Baghdad. Um, but um, uh, because they work so similarly, they are extremely good bedfellows. Yep, uh, and can can really amplify one another. Um, and if you think about again this de-territorialization and re-territorialization concept, we're talking about the extension and removal and and modification of territories. And I mean, what does that signify, uh, or like, how is it better metaphorized than in like literal war or literalized even? Right. It's the moving and and, and changing of territories. Um,
1: so, yeah. so on on that subject real quick before we keep moving on um right. the the link that John has pulled up right now is uh the 20 companies profiting the most from war um <clears throat> if you want to scroll near to the bottom um we're going to we're going to see a couple of like big uh, uh i guess offenders um keep going like go go to like number 3 i think is where where it starts really Mind you uh we're we're scrolling through a list of people that have tried to recruit me because I had a technical job in the military. Um Right. All basis uh <laughs> and uh every <laughs> every time they try to recruit me I uh, essentially just kind of tell them to fuck off or I'm like no I'm not uh not even remotely interested in your uh, your operation right. there but uh the last one was General Dynamics and I was like you got to be fucking kidding. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um so go back up to uh Raytheon. Um mm. And this is, uh, so Raytheon makes quite a bit of money and, uh, the, the way that, and, and this is, this is, you know, kind of relating to how, uh, the war machine kind of deterritorializes and re-territorializes people. Um, go ahead and click on the Wikipedia link that I brought up, uh, the next one over, uh, scroll up a little bit. You're going to see a list of uh, people keep going all right so this is uh this is our last couple of secretaries of defense if you want to go down to the very bottom and look at his beautiful face uh we have lloyd austin he's he's the newest uh and and we're gonna only focus on uh secretaries of defense that were confirmed um not any Mm. of these acting guys that trump had for like literally two days is one of them (laughs) Wonderful. Uh,
3: <laughs> so good. Wait, how much of the government was
1: just like acting? Oh, it's a sh- of Shit, of it. It and That's why, like, it, like, like yeah. you know, it if was, if somebody like a decent a wanted amount. to wanted to like take over and like, I don't know, do some good, they could literally do what Trump did and just have <laughs> acting people and like making the same decisions, but just never confirmed by the Senate. And like, <laughs> oh hey, we're doing uh, we're doing good things, and nobody can stop me. Uh, but nobody will ever do that. I mean, um, that's
2: literally how they do bad things. Or that's, not that's quite literally, but pretty close right. how they do bad things too, right? right? Yeah.
1: No, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, they could do exactly <clears> what, <throat> what Trump did, but for good, but they don't do that. Right. Uh, so we have Lloyd Austin. Go ahead and click on the uh, the next link. Um, scroll down. Uh, so Austin pledges to recuse himself from military decisions involving Raytheon uh, because he's now the Secretary of Defense. And what he was doing before he became Secretary of Defense was working for Raytheon, which, if you go back to our list of companies, is number three on the uh, people profiting from war. Uh, so he's been deterritorialized as a general, and he's <laughs> he's entered this space of now being in capital, and now he's being reinserted back into the government as uh, basically an agent for Raytheon. Um, if you look at this, this list, it gives a brief description of what Raytheon does. Uh, the third largest defense contractor in the world, Raytheon, is a missile defense and long-range precision weapons maker headquartered in Waltham, Massachusetts. Do you think missiles are necessary for war? Because I think missiles are kind of necessary for modern warfare or or like will be used no matter what kind of warfare right. engagement we enter. Okay, that, that's what
2: you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, right. yeah no, I was, like, I was like,
1: <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, no, okay, I mean, we mean, let me rephrase that want. in a better way. Would we go to war without missiles? No, no. no. How can Austin no, recuse himself from any decisions with Ray, Raytheon who makes all the fucking missiles that we use right. anytime okay. we go to war? Boeing makes some of them, oh, too. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're right. Well, What's weird about Boeing is uh, there's such a shoe into all this that they don't even try to insert uh, uh, sec defs anymore. Uh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. Let's go back to our list of secretaries of defense, uh, the Wikipedia oh, article. And uh, let's scroll up to the next white name. That's Mark Esper. <laughs> all, the, all the yellow highlighted ones are uh, acting. Okay. So Mark Esper. Um, actually, if you scroll up a little bit more, there's something funny. Uh, you'll see Mark uh, Esper uh, wasn't was acting what? <laughs> for a while. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was not acting for a while, and then he was uh, eventually. And then there was uh, Richard V. Spencer, and then there was uh, uh, Mark Esper again. Are um, they using different favorite pictures? Oh for him? my God. Why? Uh, yeah, they're using the I picture cannot... that, uh, that they took when he was acting, and then they're using the picture that uh, they took oh. when he was confirmed.
3: Just... I cannot wait. For the like, you know, the like uh like the Nixon tapes, but it'll be like the Trump tapes <laughs> where like all these like like the sec death was like this apprentice style show or like some type of contest, you know, yeah. where they had like, you know, training periods, but it's like, oh, we're gonna try somebody else, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Like it's be
3: liquidated.
1: Uh so, yeah. so two <laughs> links to the right of this, uh I pulled up an article about Mark Esper um uh, mm, scroll, scroll down we'll to the third paragraph third. Uh, first third. off the second paragraph he, he uh worked for the heritage foundation uh which oh, is we a, love the heritage which foundation is a conservative think tank of course mm. um and, and we'll get into, th- into think tanks later and how they yeah. influence the government as a part of the war machine apparatus i
2: mean the heritage foundation isn't like an important one or anything it doesn't like <laughs> just give us all of our judges
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so you'll see that uh, before being nominated as the Secretary of the Army in 2017, uh, Dr. Esper was the Vice President of Government Relations at the Raytheon Company. So that's two for two uh, Secretaries of Defense that used to work for Raytheon. Oh, sure. Um, go back to our, our list of uh, SecDefs. uh Scroll up to uh, Jim Mattis and then go back to our our list of uh you know top companies uh profiting. Sorry, I should have warned you about this segment. Uh <laughs> scroll up a little bit. I think uh General Dynamics is a little bit up
3: here.
1: Okay, there General Dynamics. They're actually the last uh the last company that tried to recruit me. They'll probably deny this if it ever gets back to them, but <laughs> uh go ahead and uh, uh four links to the right. There's one that says General Dynamics on it. Um there we go. Uh, let's see. Goes through a bit of his. Uh, okay, so the fourth paragraph down, it's like a, a short little one. Right below it. Oh i might have miscounted uh mattis previously served so this is when he uh is concerned he's he's reconfirmed to the general dynamics board of directors after a brief stint as a uh, secretary of defense and then in this article it says mattis previously served on the general dynamics board of directors from august 2013 to january 2017 2017 is when he was uh asked to be Secretary of Defense and was confirmed. And the reason I'm focusing on, on confirmed Secretaries of Defense is because it's not like, oh, this is just President Trump, you know, running rampant and like doing whatever he wants with acting people. In order to become Secretary of Defense confirmed, you have to be confirmed by the Senate. So the Senate has decided, despite all this guy's clear conflicts of interest, he can be the Secretary of Defense. Yep. Um, I went all the way back and we, for the sake of time, probably shouldn't go through all of them, but the last uh, the last Secretary of Defense that we had that didn't have, like, obvious extreme ties to uh, one of these corporations was uh, Leon Panetta. Um, Hegel, both Hegel and Ash Carter worked for a bunch of, like, think tanks, and again, we'll get into think tanks later and how they influence uh, the flow of you know how we determine what wars we should go into oh wait um go
3: ahead leon i'm sorry leon panetta was the last uh what do you call it uh uh internally promoted uh secretary he he
1: was one of the he's basically the last guy that had no like and and to be fair he worked for the cia so (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah not great yeah. uh they're also well, yeah, a group that like uh, influences the war machine and where we go to war so
3: well yeah but i mean like uh like
1: but yeah he was a government guy through and through yeah um yeah yeah yeah
3: i mean i is it better i mean no, I guess guess it's not every... better
1: at all but but the argument i'm making is how closely tied all of these secretaries of defense we've had for like the last uh since 2013 um so you know, eight years. Yeah, he,
3: he he, but but he did bad stuff for Patriots
1: yes, instead of absolutely but All all these are garbage people. I mean, Donald Rumsfeld is two up from him. <laughs> like <laughs> okay, rest I... in hell, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Every single one of these guys belongs in hell, and if if there is a god, is in hell right now. I mean, the the yep. non living ones. Um. So, yeah, Maybe I just, just kind of wanted to go into into the, the back and forth play between uh, capital and inserting itself into roles of government so that it can direct the war machine. Um, again, you know, the, the government tries to direct the war machine, but really the war machine is directing the government in a lot of cases.
3: Yeah, cause they because corporations have a lot of interests that they need guns for.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, right. Go ahead,
2: I mean, it, it, a couple, a couple things that that may be necessary to bring up with this is that the the way that at least D and G envision the War Machine is uh, it's 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 subtler in 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 some ways than. Than what we might imagine, and and this idea of someone being like deterritorialized personally, and then place in a, a, a new place of power, is not like a, necessarily a bad way of viewing it. But there's a, a, a good way of kind of building off of or modifying that would be that the there are always flows, right? Everything yeah. is constantly flowing into everything else. So there's constantly movement and everything is uh, effectuating and, and and affecting everything else. And so when we're talking about something being deterritorialized in the sense of like, say, uh, you know, uh, Esper, right? Yeah. So Esper it engages with something and then some part of his uh one of his flows becomes like deterritorialized, right? Some of one of his tendencies or something is is melted down through capital. He becomes someone that wants to like sell missiles. He's selling missiles. That's now part of who he is. It re-territorializes itself as some kind of a a uh uh as as a new part of his identity right he's now someone that 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 helps to sell bombs yeah and this continually happens over and over again and and it's so bizarre and complicated because it, it, it's these people re repeatedly and immediately with each intermittent change
0: mm-hmm.
2: right and so when you end up having him eventually getting into this uh, new space of power it it's 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 like there's this it, it almost infinite flow of deterritorializations that's being carried through this person sure. and and connecting into the government and so it becomes even more complicated and bizarre than just a person who's kind of a bad actor because it just shows you that there are flows and kind of these these spider webs that are reaching from everything into everything else. Right. And so the very existence of something like the war machine and capital, those movements almost necessarily cause the government to get infiltrated by them. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and yes, yeah. Um, Sorry, I got so lost in someone of what I was saying because all I saw was scrolling faces yeah, swinging no, all over uh, my screen. Um,
1: <clears throat> David Norquist um, <laughs> looks like a guy that fucks for sure.
2: Yeah, that <laughs> is that guy is a he's a vampire. Um, but yeah, I, I and and so something something else that's important to, to point out about this deterritorialization concept and the way that it it relates to some of this is like like don't just. Out of my
1: uh, no reason to get angry <laughs> this is just so loud it's just war crimes uh, and shit it's just war crimes <laughs> um, okay so the
2: like baby delizians think that the more you deterritorialize something the better it is right because de-ter- de-territorialization is something that we actually kind of want because we want to get rid of like unjust structures of power we want to uh, use like Capitals tendency to melt things down in order to melt down things we don't like. Right. That's where accelerationists come from, except that never mind. To some degree, <laughs> that's kind of where that comes from. And the, the problem with things deterritorializing is that by a simple result of existing in the world, as soon as yeah. something loses its identity it gains a conceptual or a contextualized identity from everything else around it right right and so it every deterritorialization
1: by exactly. the environment it's in
2: right it becomes re-territorialized by its territory right and and the the tendency to just melt something down for the sake of melting it down always leads the most powerful force around it unless there's some kind of Real force placed behind its deterritorialization that leads to a new t- uh, re- uh, to a new reterritorialization.
1: Yeah, there's got to be some kind <sighs> whatever of whatever
2: the strongest goal. affect or force is is going to make it into a territory of its own uh, making, or um, it will simply extend to the previous territory, right? Yeah. And what these things mean in something like practice <laughs> is that you have a whole bunch of money uh, inside of a market, and you think, well, gosh this will bring us to this really cool system where we'll, we'll now have more people who uh, are suddenly making bread because we need them to. Uh, and that's, then that need will, you know, become demand in the market. And that's the, the force that causes that re-territorialization of people into bread making, uh-huh. right? Uh, not necessarily into bread makers, but but into that act of bread making. And, But then this, this issue comes up where you have something like a government, which wants to try to maintain control of the existence of violence as this like primal affect of the universe. And it begins to, uh, simply because the fact that it is so powerful and is able to attract, um, so many different. Even outside of capital, but but uh, attract so many things to it uh, because it has power, right? Yep. And it, as it has will, it has power behind it, and so it attracts things, it attracts money, it attracts people, and that immediately leads to this pull where the everything that becomes deterritorialized gets attracted more and more to power. And so instead of becoming uh, people being bread makers, they become attracted to becoming something like. Uh, a person who wants to uh, engage in that that violence and power as a lawyer or as a politician or as a soldier right um,
1: they're, and, they're becoming mean, bread makers but in this case the bread makes you dead bread makes you dead so all of that is <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean it's
2: it's so much of this kind of philosophical talk is difficult to to express really Precisely because the not only is it is it bizarre and, and, and overly complicated, but yeah. so much of it is explaining something that's real, right? And people expect something to blow their fucking minds with philosophy and be like, oh, we live in a simulation or something like that. When what good philosophy generally does is it describes something that we either already kind of know or that we come to know because that type of philosophical movement becomes so kind of infectious and moves through everything. And so it seems kind of like, you know, a a kind of a jerk off shower thought thing when I say, well, the reason that, you know, we have war is because the government has power and because people (laughs) are attracted to power. But in reality, like really this, this entire philosophy, and this is this chapter on its own is 110 pages is, is just a way of explaining how these kind of movements work. And so something like this, the the affects of the war machine being weapons and and the the movement of the war machine being being nomadic and then constantly uh, uh, moving through through space and time, the it, it it represents a whole lot of things that are still things that we would and should like, right? It it represents like I was saying with the baby Delisians and deterritorialization that it does give us the opportunity to problematize things like really that's all that war really wants to do it yeah. wants to have conflict like it so it produces conflict and so well, it's, by it's producing like the, old, conflict,
1: the old adage that you know when when you're a hammer everything starts to look like a nail basically
2: right but 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 think of think of war and and the nomadism of it being something even more primal than we usually think of it as where war is simply the problematizing thing. Sure. <laughs> war is like philosophy becomes war in that in that moment because it leads to constantly asking questions instead of like building models that are more and more <clears throat> like stable. So uh, war uh, philosophy is more like war than chemistry is, right? Sure. Um, and so there's this kind of nomadic uh, basic impulse of reality itself that that we can refer to as nomadism or as part of the war machine or or that is you know a micro more war machine right um which is just the tendency to problematize things and if you think about it, there's a reason that the government would want to control that because of course like things that are reactive or powerful right
1: yeah
2: um but also that's why they're unable to control it because government by its nature wants things to be as unproblematized as it can, right? It wants things to be controllable. It wants things to be stable. It wants, you know, everyone to be mechanical and kind of go through their days, and it wants order. That's why the government exists, is for order and keep people alive, right? It's, yeah. Um, But then politics um, is something that's also innately anti-government in this bizarre way, too. Politics is another extension of this war machine because all politics are is the usage of this problematizing impulse in order to gain control of being the person that is uh, kind of orienting that stratum or those forms of stability, yeah. and so you see it literally everywhere. Like your body is is engaged in the effects of war all the time. Your your government is, and so it's it's a weird thing where they're inextricable from one another. But the problematizing force is always going to be a little bit better at uh, being evasive because that's its job. Uh Whereas something like government or something like life uh, is always trying to make things uh, homogeneous, uh, always trying to make things, uh, bring things to equilibrium and stability. And that, of course, never lasts, Um, which is why we go into things like forever wars that last 20 years uh, and still aren't over, really. Uh
1: I don't think I need to yeah. tell you that twenty years isn't forever. So I don't know why. Twenty years saying. is not forever. Right. John, you were, and you were how, saying like, something. Yeah. What's oh what yeah, no. Actually, like
3: uh aren't we back to the same levels that we were at like in twenty thirteen or something?
1: Uh, sorry. Yeah, I think as as a quote unquote temporary status, but I have <laughs> A lot of reservations about how much we can rely on the temporality of that uh that deployment um originally yeah, Joe right. Biden was gonna send three thousand troops, and it was like uh another thousand and another thousand, so I think we're at like five thousand now, maybe even six thousand um, yeah, yeah,
3: that's what I was saying There's which, like, which i public. you know
1: not to not to like give myself a pat on the back or anything or jerk myself off in front of you gentlemen, but i I believe I called this on my uh, my my Instagram page uh, saying that the pullout would, would inevitably re- lead to some kind of attacks and what would happen is we would reinsert troops as maintaining security force or something like that. I have a feeling because there's a small resistance group uh, that's holed up in some part of Afghanistan that's escaping my brain right now. I, I forget what even like uh, cardinal direction it is uh, on the map, but... Um, there's a there's a resistance group that's like ANA fighters Afghan National Army uh that that haven't surrendered yet and then the vice president of the puppet government that we had installed and i would almost guarantee that we're going to have some kind of force attached to there and it's going to be yep. kind of like what we did in syria or with the Kurds um, in Syria, where we had a small detachment of troops, U.S. troops, so that everybody knew if you attack this group of people, America's coming back, and that's going to be bad for everybody. Um, so for sure, it's going to be bad for everybody. yeah, it's going to be bad for everybody, I, especially uh, especially <laughs> <around>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> especially, uh, especially the Taliban
2: yeah i mean it's good that we've never like made the mistake of arming some kind of uh revolutionary insurgency in afghanistan against like a (laughs) larger force Um,
1: and that's that's where you start getting into like you know as in as much as we talk about like the nomadology of the war machine um like where the really truly like insanely nomadic pieces of the war machine are is the cia which runs Mm -hmm. all these programs that arm groups like the Mujahideen uh, that run projects like literal actual death squads that are made to kill children in Afghanistan, to terrorize people into never resisting, um, which is a real article you can look up. Just look up Afghan death squads. It's an intercept article, I believe. Um, and and you know this is not the first time the cia has done death squads we've done it all over latin america oh, yeah. um, and and you know one one episode that i think we need to have in the future uh, and i've talked a little bit about it with uh with brad Danson's uh old friend of the show that we've had on a couple of times is just how deep the cia like structure goes and how far it reaches like we think that the military has like way too much reach the cia is just like completely unaccounted for yeah and it's
3: absolutely out of control
1: though the the way i see it is literally (laughs) like a cthulian nightmare of tentacles that reach across (laughs) get into everything um i mean they they influence i mean we we don't even have like a vetting process anymore for what the the intelligence community tells us right like right uh the yeah. the the news just runs with the uh, state department sources tell us, blah 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 um yeah. the government just takes whatever the CIA says, you know, at its word, um and you know, w- recent memory, wars we're just now getting out of, we can see where the CIA lied or formed lies to uh influence public perception of the war, yeah um. So, yeah, the the CIA is just its own, like, uh, insanely unaccounted for force within the whole war machine that influences the whole war machine.
2: Yeah. And when you're dealing with, like, a journalistic apparatus that uh, needs to act as quickly (laughs) and really as, like, kind of violently as it can, um, when you're given the opportunity, it's like, an intelligence agent told us this thing that's probably a lie, like you still have to report it because someone else will, uh, it's going to get clicks. Like it's going to get put out there no matter what. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's interesting um, period for, for propaganda, for sure. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, those, that's really kind of the, the general, gist of this war machine stuff but it's uh, i mean of course it it gets so much deeper but it but it uh, there's kind of like a curve
1: uh, yeah uh, (laughs) um, i think this is a a good like overview of of like general principles in it but Um, i i think go ahead
2: i think that what one thing that we should keep in mind is that the uh Wars as events are also something that is subject to this oh, this same concept sure. of 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 well but 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 in in the sense that you know war is such a primal uh, tendency for you know everything even on down to like a molecular level right in 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 some sense I would argue, but war and this tendency to problematize in order to grow and uh and, and whatnot. And kind of this this nomadic shrinking and and, and dissipating and then re-emerging, all of that is something you see temporally in the sense that like did the Second World War was an extension of the First World War Uh and Vietnam was honestly really just kind of an extension of world war ii in a distant sense yeah i mean Uh, because you then have stalinists and then that that leads to all these different things right well and and, and the civil war is still certainly something the cold war never ended like yeah and
1: and to like link the because you know people will probably hear the vietnam war as an extension of world war ii and be like those wars are like 20 years apart from each other well before America even enters the scene in, in Vietnam, you have the French, and the French. You know, I was talking with uh, our friend Teddy Kay earlier. The French had teamed up with former SS officers in order to, to go into Vietnam and and, and conduct. How their else own do you kill war. communists? Yeah, and conduct use their own Yeah, <laughs> conduct, conduct their own war there. Um, yeah. So, and then you know, pretty much immediately after uh, the French leave is when we have. Uh, you know, our our false flag event that leads us into Vietnam and yeah, right.
2: Like what? So what? I'm gonna ask this rhetorically and then answer immediately because I don't want to do it like a guess was in my pocket thing. But like, what, what? What differentiates? Yeah, just a spare penis, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a bag of dick. Uh, but what what differentiates a moment from an event? Right. And the thing that differentiates uh that is that an event, and this is something from like Badieu, but an event is more or less greater than the sum of its parts, right?
1: Mm.
2: Where where moments just continue to occur, but an event produces this this uh expansive version of itself through our group subjectivity. Yeah. And and so you you, you people are always te- te- for the same reason that we we end up viewing uh you know like history as great man theory, we also think of it as like great event theory. Um, because it's easy to look at a timeline and be like, oh, on well, that little hitch mark, uh, that's you know, or hatch mark, that's that's where Hitler died, uh, and then the war ended, and then here is Vietnam, and here's Korea, and like here's Alexander the Great and stuff, but. But, with this nomadic tendency for wars that it simply dissipates or shrinks and then swells back up elsewhere. Like it just doesn't go away. Wars simply do not end. And you know, I have not lived in one, but I am confident saying from what I've read uh, and from what I've heard from people that uh spaces after wars occur um, are still spaces of war,
1: yeah,
2: right? <laughs> like like they're still war zones.
1: No, and, um, and, and you know, Afghanistan still to this day, after our occupation, has minefields from the Soviet invasion.
2: Yep. Yeah. Or like in, in like a subtler, but also very unsubtle sense, um, you know, like a lot of people respond strongly to the rhetorical language, like the war on women or something like that but there is literally still a war being, uh, waged on, uh, I mean, locally like California against Mexicans. Right. Um, and, and like just black people in the U S uh, and they're just extensions of previous wars, mm-hmm. like literal physical conflicts that we yep. had that are just rippling through history in a different way. Even if it, even if it doesn't mean that like my, you know, uncle walks out in, with like a, some squadron to kill black people doesn't mean that there isn't like an ongoing ripple of that conflict and ongoing war and pressure and violence towards people like if you just look at like redlining and things like that those are literally extensions and and continuations of these things which are just a way to produce problems for someone problematizing right Mm -hmm. so it's um yeah there's that whole like war war never changes thing and it's more no war war never ends it just yeah
1: and it's more of a 40k sort of situation where it's in in the grim darkness of the future there is only war except we're in the grim darkness of the future right now i've
2: been playing warhammer total war too
1: that's very cool pretty grim dark (laughs) um yeah (laughs) so i promised we were going to get into think tanks a little bit Okay. Oh, tonight. That's what. okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, very briefly. Yeah. Uh, if you could go to the one that says Rand, it's got a purple icon. Uh, so this is from the, the Rand corporation, which is a think tank and this is them, uh, basically admitting to themselves, but they think this is a good thing, of course. Uh, but this, uh, this PDF that you can find, you can just search Rand how think tanks interact with the military. Uh, and they've got a nifty PDF that shows their research and how, Uh, think tanks influence the military and the government and how the government proceeds with operations what Um, do they yeah they influence (laughs) that so if we uh, want to go down to like the first couple of paragraphs i think there's like an example that that just like um yeah so go ahead and stop right there um from the beginnings of the U.S. Department of Defense, think tanks have worked closely with both civilian and military leadership on a wide range of issues from new technologies to military planning and operations to help better protect American interests from ever-evolving threats. Um Like the DOD civilian leadership, the uniformed military services require high quality objective research on geopolitical trends and the implications of different foreign policy options, among other things, such as research is necessary for realistic scenarios to guide planning and program evaluations and to develop an understanding of probable constraints on operational flexibility. This is them literally saying that we program how wars work. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) if you want to go to the uh the next article uh you know just in case you think this is like an artifact of the past um this jacobin article which i think i brought up on this uh this podcast before on a different episode but uh it's a pretty good article it's uh called biden is already loading his pentagon transition team with pro-war think tank staffers um so, you know, when when you say that war never ends and what's happening is we're pulling out of Afghanistan now, what we need to consider is where are we going next? Um, and I don't think there's a way for us to stop it, obviously. You know, we're
2: going to spin the wheel. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I mean, th- that that is an option because uh, if we go to the next link... Um, <clears throat> the Pentagon's Planet of Bases it's a Mother Jones article. Uh, go down to the first paragraph. Uh, so the United States has 460 bases overseas. It has 507 permanent bases. What is the U.S. doing with more than 560 foreign bases? Why does it have 662 bases abroad? Does the United States really have more than 1,000 military bases across the globe? And so basically it's going into the history of how the Pentagon itself has no fucking idea how many bases it actually uh, operates. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and some of the more recent counts I've seen are like almost at like 1200 bases, obviously of varying sizes, but um, yeah, like, and I, and I think like 500 of them are in America alone, um, which is Mm. also its own weird thing. Um, Yeah. And then, uh, you know, one, one of the, the hype, hypotheses i've seen uh about where we're going next is is maybe africa because we've been kind of engaged in this light uh economic war with china for a while china has a bunch of interests developing in africa uh if yeah. you click the uh the next link there's a there's a funny sort of anecdotal story i guess um but uh if you scroll down the the pentagon yeah, has there has previously stated that uh you know we have a very light footprint in uh africa or not the cia the uh, pentagon has, has stated that we have a very light footprint in uh africa and then this map that leaked out shows like 29 active military bases that we have across the yeah. continent of africa uh, <laughs> So
3: yeah I was, I was gonna say like like there's a shit ton like there's a shit ton of marines in africa mm-hmm. like even when we were in, yep. there were shit tons of shit tons of Marines in, in Africa.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of uh and, and a lot of it's uh more on the special forces operational side of things. Um but uh yeah, we we have a ton of bases in Africa and I've seen this posited as like one of the one of the next wars we might be getting into and I think that it has a lot of legitimacy, but you know, to, to further extrapolate on the point of like, where are we going next? We have bases everywhere. And so that means that we have the infrastructure to enter into a new war, a continuation of our last war, you know, uh, technically, but enter into a new war with anyone anywhere, uh with, without any, like major disruptions to supply lines or anything like that because we've already built up these branching uh infrastructures to go anywhere
2: oh yeah oh yeah and you know with the with the way that china interacts with i mean of course berries all the world but but one of one of their their tactics for like producing influence in africa um is that they essentially like go to a government and say, Hey, we're going to build you a bunch of highways and like a dock and shit. And not like we're going to loan you money or like charge you for this. And I'm sure they do a lot of that as well. Absolutely. Uh, But, but they, they're just like, Oh, we're just going to build this dock here because it'll be good for us. And, but also because it'll earn a little influence and we'll be able to like maybe deal with you, uh, in some way in the future well, which it's, it's is basically... uh, not a stupid way of doing things no. but we want to do it with air bases and uh
1: no and and you know <laughs> let's let's be clear about what china is doing is essentially like i don't know let's imagine africa is a maple tree and china is just stuck a little tap into the side of it and they're like oh we're not not asking you to do anything but if some resources happen to leak out into this bucket that'd be cool yeah, I mean, I I would
2: say that they're just fattening up a pig, right? Well, yeah. Versus I mean, the, uh, us, who's just thing. like stripping off pieces of it while it's alive. <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs>
1: no, no, no. But I mean, the, um, your analogy isn't right. too different than mine, where it's just like, yeah, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, The bucket may get filled with uh, delicious tree sap that no. turn into syrup. Right. Um,
2: but yeah, it's yeah.
1: I don't know why I turned Africa into a maple tree. That's. Uh, not, I don't I, I didn't, I didn't mean it or anything. Yeah.
2: I also didn't mean it. You got, Africa's not a pig. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not one giant pig.
1: All, all <laughs> Africas are. <laughs> uh,
2: not all Africans.
1: All right. So all, let's, let's go ahead and just uh, hard cut it here. We'll, uh, all right, bye. Bye. Um, so, uh, if you've uh, listened thus far, thank you very much for listening. Um, if you would like to support the creation of this broadcast and some side projects that, Swear to God, eventually we'll come to fruition. Um, Maybe. Please go to patreon.com slash the Benzo Rehab, or er, sorry, I think it's just Benzo Rehab Dungeon. You can look up Benzo Rehab Dungeon on Patreon, and we'll get you there. Or uh, go to the link tree that's in the Instagram bio, also LinkedIn, uh, wherever we post the uh, podcast. Um, Dorian, do you have anything you, uh, you'd like to pitch?
2: Yeah, um... I want to thank everyone who came to the memes and philosophy panel through foreign object, and that's object with a K. You can find them, uh, they've got a website, you can Google search it or just find them on Instagram. Uh-huh. Uh, but that was really fun. Um, I was not looking forward to my entire weekend being spent on panels, but I ended up loving it. So that was cool. Um, and also the, uh, the workshop is still out of session for a couple more weeks, but I think the second Saturday of September, we will be back. Um, yeah, on September 11th, we're returning. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and with that, we will actually have like a 10-week course, and uh, things will be kind of more structured, and we'll have like an onboarding day. So September 11th, if you're not doing, if you're not celebrating, uh, you know, or <laughs> something weird um then you should come join the workshop uh and uh have a nice kind of casual uh yeah yeah like a like a open house yeah syllabus day uh
1: cool. future of the podcast we will have it uh, canceled We'll have Teddy K back on again to uh, eventually wrap up Russian history. We we started and ended on Peter the Great uh, last time we talked about it. We will get farther. He's a great guy. I I will I will force us to get farther. Are
3: Are are we going to end Russian history?
1: We are going to end Russian history one day. Yeah, Um, we're like we're
2: we're to Russian history what Hegel is to uh, the the process of German history. We're gonna complete it, guys. Uh, and then, and then I the believe uh,
1: September third, we're gonna have a nine eleven expert. I don't, I don't, cool. care. I don't they're, care. They're gonna they... love that term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if they identify as that or not. And nine uh, eleven scholar. I hope they hear this. No nine no. eleven expert.
2: Expert and not <laughs> our our twin towers expert. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, great. Google. Uh, Google. Google. Building seven. <laughs> 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 So uh so we got some uh, some guests lined up. Uh we're, we're still working on a date for uh for when we'll have Teddy K back. Uh, I believe mid to late September we're going to have a uh, a witch expert. <laughs> I'm just going to call everybody experts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got everything. <laughs> we're going to have, we have a witch so expert experts. on um, <laughs> No, uh, we're gonna, we're going to have somebody who has studied uh witchcraft and um I forgot to ask uh, her exactly what region um I think it's New England is, is what it yeah. was, but yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll have her on as well. Uh, so pretty good, uh, guest schedule lined up for us, uh, which I'm excited for. Um, oh,
2: speaking of which, is check out the I think I don't think the second episode is up yet, but the first one is for uh, bringing down the grindhouse house. Um, yeah, my my third and fourth uh, sit down with them. Uh, yeah, yeah, you check it out. I was pretty happy with those. So cool. come out.
1: All right. Well, as always, we love you. Please take your medicine.
2: Let's take mine too.
0: And make sure to share with your friends.